the wisdom began to come into your skin. And God said to me, that's the mystery of the church in you and the church. When you come around them, they have such an impact on people before you even tell them about the Savior. They're impressed by you. And the fact that what we're going through and what God wants to do for us is to realize that he's doing his part. But the fact is that we believe he's able to do the next part. And the next part is to bring people into his kingdom and to grow his his ministry and to move us into this next building we have. You know, we we have obstacles. Y'all do know that, right? We have obstacles. And anything that's great, we got to trust God's ability to do in spite of what we bring to him. So we trust in God that he would do great things. And as we come to that point, that God would do what he said he would do. And at the end, at the end, why is it important that he did it? Because we won't take no credit. We can stand in the full confidence that God did it and we accept it and great things will happen in between there. Well, I guess y'all didn't come to hear that. Y'all came to hear a word from God. And so what we're going to do, we're going to give you a word. Let's go to let's turn in our Bibles. To Luke chapter 19. My Lord. Okay. Have mercy. We're going to correspond. We're going to put two scriptures. Luke 19 verse 10. Verse 10. Okay. Mercy. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. We're going to go to one more scripture. Luke chapter 18. Verse 26. Now, that's Jesus statement. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the lost. This is what the people ask. In verse 20 and verse 26. Those who heard this ask, who then can be saved? Jesus said, I came to save the lost. They said, who can be saved? Let's see. Can we reconcile these two under the concept that I came to seek? I came to seek. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your grace. We thank you most of all that you're greater than anything we have done, will do, or can do. So God, as we come to your throne, we all come here with one objective, and that's to see the move of God in our life. To see the fact that where we've been is true to the fact, but where we're going is true to who you are. So God, speak to us. Let us hear with clarity the facts that you would share with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, uh, modern automobiles, modern automobiles over the last 25 years have been accessorized with some concepts and some stuff that are unthought of. You got cars now equipped with contours on the outside that we never thought an automobile can have. I mean, they got aerodynamics that they can hit the air and kick it off the top and the motor is able to run at top, top speed. The engineering is just so tight. I mean, these cars are Cars that's almost like houses moving with acceleration. I think they got accelerations up to 60 in four seconds. With this being the case, that's amazing engineering. It corresponds with what's inside the car. Have you ever noticed inside the car you can sit on leather now in a car that's softer than the leather you have at home? You got you got instrument you got instruments in there that that actually curve to the contour of your body that so when you roll in the car you won't feel the roll you just stay steady inside the wheel. They got navigation in the car. If you want to go somewhere, you just tell the navigation where you want to go, and he he'll take you there. You only have to think. In fact, when I go out of town, I don't even know I don't know nothing about no city. All I know, I put in my navigation, I arrive at my destination. Don't know what's going on. 
What's going on? Put it in the navigation. You'll take me there. And the thing that amazed me about that is on that navigation and that radio component, it got a little thing that says, seek in tune. Seek in tune. That same little thing, seek in tune. And when you push the button on the seek button, it goes from the station that you are to the next available station. And then to the next available station, not mixing one, from the next available station. It can go from country to Christian. Catching every signal that the tower has emitted. Not missing one. Oh, man. Mm. Catch me here, y'all. When you push seek, you're looking for something. And as it go to each radio station, anybody that have a frequency, it'll pick it up. I'm trying to paint a picture of how God seeks us. Long as you have life in you, God is seeking to attract you to his love. The point in me saying that about the equipment and automobile, God has said, I have equipped you with a transpondent. And long as you allow the transponder to, to send up the signal, I'm going to catch you. Yeah. My love is going to connect to yeah. you. My love is going to move you. Yeah. My love is going to do something for you yeah. that you need done because that's why you seek it. So the point being said, right off the back, I just want to establish one simple fact. That is that God is seeking us. God is working his instrument of his love to find everybody have not come into covenant with him because his goal is to bring covenant to people. Too often when we talk about what God wants, we tend to get so caught up on how God have done it in the past. Not realizing that God is trying to do a new thing through the people that live in 2013. You know, it's difficult to talk about new things because the fact is that we are so entrenched to what happened yesterday. And we think yesterday is always. But we limit God by putting him in our little bitty box because we want God to do just what he did yesterday. But God said, I'm bigger than that. I'm an eternal God. In fact, when we talk about spending eternity with God, do you realize what he did in one day in eternity? You ain't going to see that no more. He got other things he's going to do just way past the point that he did then. So sometimes we're looking for something that God has already moved. He's already moved. He's already moved to another destination. So that being said, God is seeking us. But the other part of that thing said lost. Who remember a year ago, about a year and a half ago, it was in California. Uh, it, was a, it was a couple that was camping and they, they were, it was super cold and chilly outside, Sam. And with this coldness, all of a sudden their car got stuck. And they couldn't move. You guys remember that picture? And as they sat in their car, they, they had a, a, a Porsche. In fact, it was a Porsche. And as they sat in this car, they knew they had to preserve their, automobile, their, their gas just in case they, they can find a way to get out. But after a while, they realized that it was no way out. So what they, what they did was every 30 minutes, they would start up their car, cut on the heat, and then turn it off. Start up the car, turn on the heat, and then cut it off for three days. And then finally... They preserved themselves with Girl Scout cookies. That's what they did. And finally, the man, his name was Mark. He said, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and die. So he got out the car, and he, he, he traveled six miles with his cell phone looking for a signal. He could not find a signal. He was looking. He was traveling, looking for a signal. He could not find it. They say snow was always up to his knees as he traveled, but he had one objective. That was that he was looking to save his girlfriend. He was looking to save his own life. So he traveled to the nearest community, finally found the tower. He connected. They came and they, they, they rescued him and then they rescued his girlfriend. And his girlfriend, her name was Jeanette. She said this. She said that one good thing came out of being trapped with Mark for these three days. Three days. Interesting, ain't it? Three days. <laughs> three days in earth. Interesting thing. She said, she, said, she said the interesting thing about being trapped with Mark these three days 
He told me something he never told me before, that he loved me. And it took us to come to the point of death for him to say it. Mm. I said, mercy, God. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, God. I tell you I love you today. And, and the point being, why did I share that story? Because too often when we talk about God seeking to save and the loss, we get so caught up on the expense that's associated with, and not the love reality that God is trying to do for his people. And the point is that God is trying to reconnect some people. And we're going to look at a couple of things to see how God is going to go about doing this. Um, I had an audible this morning. And, and, you know, if you know anything about a football, you don't want to hear no audible. Mike said he had an audible. So Mike know when you get an audible, I mean, this up here, it's an audible now. On the audible, you got to go with the audible. Let's go to Luke chapter 18. We're going to do an overview of Luke 18, and we're going to nail it down in Luke 19. Look what God is saying in Luke 18. Uh, 18 and 19, by the way, it really was no division between those chapters. It's not a chapter. It's a complete story. So let's follow the storyline of Jesus telling us why he can say undeniably what he did. Look at the first verse in verse one. It said, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they shall always pray and not give up. Right away, before Jesus start this thing off, he said, I'm going to tell you what you're going to need to do and how you're going to be able to to get the lost. You're going to have two things. You're going to pray and you ain't going to give up. You're going to pray and you ain't going to give up. Notice, this ain't for everybody, but the ones that want to be saved, you're going to pray and you ain't going to give up. I mean, what you want from me? You're going to pray and not give up. And notice what this story talks about. It went on from there to talk about the lady. What kind of what lady was she? She was a what? A widow. What did that mean if she was a widow? She had a husband. So she had a family. And today we're talking about family. And when we talk about family, the first thing we need to talk about family rehab is the fact that this lady had a family, but she was no longer connected with her husband. But she learned something at her husband's side. Because you remember that days the, the woman could not advocate. She needed her husband to advocate. But he had passed. So now she had to take up the roots and take up the reins and do what she saw her husband do. And now she's advocating. And notice who she's advocating against, an unrighteous judge. And what did she want the judge to do? The very thing that he, well, go back to the son. Just what he said he should do. And what was that? He's supposed to provide a justice for her and her cause. She went every day begging, begging, begging. She never got it. And the only reason why she got breakthrough, the judge finally thought, you know what? This lady ain't gonna stop coming. She wearing me out. And because she wearing me out, give her yes. what she should have. Yes. I mean, you know, the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, but the violence taken by force. And she used the force of God's persistence yes. to prevail over the obstacles in her life. Yes. What is the first point with this? The first thing that we do to prevail is that we keep coming. What is the goal? In fact, if you ever notice when the Bible's talk about when he come back, he said, I'm going to find faith. That's interesting. Yes. That's interesting. He said, I'm going to find faith. Am I going to find faith? Am I going to find faith? I know a lot of people talk in faith. Am I going to find faith? Am I going to find faith? And when you talk about finding faith, you know, it's interesting. He didn't say, is it going to be faith? He say, fine. And when you find, you got you to gotta really search for that thing. I mean, you got to, to get down in it. And he told us about that when he talked about sweeping clean the house and when he talked about the lost sheep and all these things. How have we held ourselves to the fact that God said he's going to give us the ability if we persist. This is, this is a gut check. How am I going to do it? 
James, when things get difficult and things begin to press me to the point that I don't want to continue, how am I going to do it? Am I going to pray or am I going to withdraw? This verse says that this lady kept pressing and because she kept pressing, she got just what she wanted. Moving on to the second story. And by the way, this is an audible. Moving on to the second story. It went on to talk about the un, un, well, we talk about the just. Look at the second. Let's talk about the parable of the tax collector. Now, why would Jesus put a parable of the tax collector? And no, notice what he put the tax collector up against a Pharisee. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Look at this comparison. If you put a Pharisee next to a tax collector, should it be a fight? Should it be an actual issue? Who sees a tax collector in the same light if they see a Pharisee? Pharisees been trained to stand in a certain posture to deliver it a certain way. And if you watch them, they'll never do nothing wrong. They've been trained to follow to the letter that what the missioner has suggested. But Jesus said there was a Pharisee and, and a, a publican come together. And when they came and they came to present themselves, the Pharisee went inside the throne room. The Pharisee went in the throne room. But guess where the publican stayed? He stayed on the outside. Oh, man. Is it possible Jesus trying to tell us that salvation is on the outside and not on the inside? So some of us in our own minds have entered into a point that salvation can't be extended to us based on what Jesus said. Jesus said, there's some Pharisees out here. There's some people that know so much about my past that they know nothing about my present. There's some people out here that got a real clear cut view of what should be done, but they don't know how to do it. Because they have my power, not in their life. Therefore, the point being, the Pharisees and publican, they blew me away. I'm saying, God, why are you giving me an audible? He said, I'm giving you an audible because you don't go by script. You go by faith. You go by persistence. You're going to win because I'm going to give you power. You're not going to win because you got the right things to say. Oh, we have, we have fixed this thing so often that we have the right stuff to say, but the right stuff don't move nobody. What people are looking for is not rightness. They're looking for likeness. They're looking for likeness. That's why Jesus said, I'm the son of man. Why? Because I look like you. But yet I'm so much unlike you because I go by my father's power. So the audible, another audible they tossed in there. Well, you know the script in regards to what it should be. But do you know the script what it takes to move the heart of God? And then when God said this, it's interesting. Look at this verse here. Look how this thing expressed it. It says in verse um, Verse 13, you guys, we don't highlight that. I just want to say, no, let's go, fit. let's go 12. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I got. That's, that's my resume. I did it right. And then he went on to say, but the tax collector, collector stood in a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. Have you ever been in those predicaments where you wouldn't even look to heaven because you felt like your sin and your stuff is so heavy you try to lift up and your, your stuff push you down and you try to look up and it push you down? But the verse says that he wouldn't look up to heaven and he said, uh, it said he wouldn't look up to heaven and then it says, uh, but beat his chest. Have you made so many bad decisions? You start just, Lord, I cannot done that crazy thing. So, Lord, and then as he kept on pressing, he said, he beat his breath and God have mercy, mercy on me. God, and you know, when you ask for mercy, you know what mercy is. Mercy is that, that good word which suggests you got me pent, but mercy. You got me. You got me, God. I'm wrong. It ain't no bones about it. I'm wrong, God. But one thing I have to say, I know you got mercy. The first thing we need to know about saving the lost, you got to realize you had mercy before you give it to somebody else. 
we need to realize that too often we forget what mercy feels like because we so much in the trenches of trying to tell people we forget how mercy feels. Mercy is that sweet thing that when you got, you know, when you, you know, when you're talking to somebody and you know they wrong, you can go in there and grab their throat and just slam them. But at the same time, you let them go. Mercy. That's mercy. When you got them, when you got them, but they let you go. God said, I got you, but I let you go. Now you let somebody else go. You extend the same favor. But then I, I was su- surprised at the next aspect of what God said. Look, tell, tell, I tell you this. I tell you that this man, I tell you that this man, this is Jesus talking about this man. Rather than the other went home, what was he? Justified. What is justification? Where did that take place? That take place in your mind. That man's mind was right before the throne of God. His mind was right before the throne of God. The other man was right in the sight of men. Have you critiqued your life and tweaked it in a way that you look good before people and God is rejecting what you're offering? That's what he's asking me. He's asking me, James, have you adjusted your style so much that they are accepting you, but I don't even want to hear from you? He pressed on and said, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. The day is coming. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. He told him he's justified it and his exaltation is coming. So in other words, people are going to see you at some point. They ain't going to see you now, but they're going to see you. Because you, it's one thing about when you get so low, when you get so low, you can't do nothing but come up. Yeah. You can't do nothing. They got a ship called the Blue Marlin. You know it got to be a ship. You know I got to tell you a ship. It's called the Blue Marlin. <laughs> it's called the Blue Marlin. And, and the Blue Marlin, you never hear, you probably never even heard of it. You never hear about it because it's not a ship that you hear about. But you'll hear about it if somebody crashes at sea. The blue marlin is made real odd. It's like, it's like this, and they got it like that. It's real strange, and it rides like that. And all of a sudden, when a ship crashes sea, and all of a sudden they're having issues, they can't move it, or it get hit, they call the blue marlin. So the blue marlin come out with its old funny shape, and when it come out so far to the earth, to the, to, to come out so far to the sea, he stop. And at first, you see all this ship, and all of a sudden he starts sinking 10 feet in the sea. And then he roll up under the ship that's broken and he lift them up and they come back up. God is, so God, why you let me remember that? He said, because once you realize that the weight of what I gave you is only used when you're helping somebody else, you don't understand your mission. P- Peter, Peter, strengthen your brother when you convert it. But too often we're trying to strengthen and we ain't even expended conversion ourselves. He said, convert yourself into a ship lifter or a people lifter. Then you enter into the point where you understand how to seek and save the loss opposed to push the loss away. How often have we seen people like the, uh, uh, the, the priest and the Levite, when they went out there, they seen a person that's clearly in trouble, but they go right around them because their mission is more important than talking to people. They have, they, when, they, when you climb Mount Everest, you know, it's the highest mountain that people have escalated. When you go so high up, the last part you go by is an interesting, you know what it's called? The Valley of Death. Valley of Death. And interesting about the Valley of Death, once you start going through it, you only got enough oxygen to preserve yourself. And you see people that have stopped on the side that run out of oxygen because they stayed somewhere too long. Hmm. They stayed somewhere too long, so they ran out of oxygen. They don't have enough oxygen to go up, nor enough to go down. So they die right there in that spot. And you who got oxygen, you come right next to them. And if you want to live, 
you keep on pressing. If you stop and give them your oxygen, you won't make it up and back down. And I said, well, why do you let us see this stuff, God? Because I'm trying to tell you the reason why the virgins can share their wine, the reason why they couldn't share their oil, they only had enough for them. They only had enough for themselves. But the people had an opportunity to get oil, but they chose not to get it. They wasted their time in one spot, staying there too long. The first thing that salvation offers us to the lost and to those who seek, you don't stay there too long. You realize you can't be everything to everybody. You only can do the part that God has you to do and then go off the scene. You come on the scene for a moment and you move on out. And, and the problem is too often we get in the scene and we think we own the scene. And reality, the only thing we own is the fact that God allowed us to pass through. And the 40 day for family is saying that we're stopping long enough to focus on the most important thing we have is family. Because family is what makes us what we are, which gives us the strength and the power to stand tall for God. And if we don't have strong families, then of course we know what the community is going to look like. Because it looks just like us. And that's what amazes me sometimes. Sometimes somebody come in that's real uh, different in the way they look. And, and they don't have that, 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 that smell that says cologne has been applied to their body. They don't have that scent that says they had a fresh shower. They don't have that, that hookup that said they, 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 their hair had been taken care of. Might be a little matted. And they sit down and was like, why are they here? Why, why are they here? Why are they here? I mean, I want to know why they are here. And my dignity of being clean is offended by them being dirty. Is it possible? Is it possible? The greatest hindrance to the gospel is not them. It's my cologne. And it, my cologne. Not God's glory. My cologne. And the point being that God is saying to me and what he's saying to me, I mean, I, I know he, he's saying it to all of us. But what he's saying to me, I accept the call that quit being worried about what you smell like and be more concerned with what people look like and what they feel like and yes. what they're about. Yes. Give salvation to people because you received it. Yes. Moving on. He went on and talked a little bit about the little children. So, so far, he don't rebuke two people. <laughs> he don't rebuke, he don't rebuke the, the government. From the standpoint of the judge, he came right behind and he bust the church, talking about the Pharisee, the religious order, and then and he ain't even tired yet. He ain't tired. He ain't even tired. He ain't tired. Tired like the old folk. And then and then he said, "Little children, look at this one." He said, "Little children, look at this is verse uh, 16." But Jesus called the children to him and said, "Oh, I'm sorry, 15. We gotta do 15 because it won't make sense." People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, well, who saw? Disciples. What did they do? They rebuked him. Now I understand why we do that around the church. <laughs> why we don't treat our young people right. We like the disciples. Uh-oh. We're rebuking Uh-oh. the very thing Jesus was calling. Mm. Look at this override. Look at this override. Look at the next verse. Look at that. Little children. And then after he said that, but Jesus called the children to him and said, they don't rebuke them and discourage them. And they got an attitude. Now they only want to come back to see Jesus. But Jesus said, no, I would not allow my people to see me that way. So Jesus himself overrules the disciples and said, come here, little children. I got something to tell you. What you got to say? Little, let the little children come to me. He said, let them. Guess what that means? He said, let them. Why would he tell us to let? Because he's saying you have the power to discourage them. You have the power to impact them in a way that they won't even want to come no more. So why are we losing a generation that Pastor Morris, I mean, um, Myron was talking about? We're losing a generation because we have discouraged them. We discouraged them because we told them that we were so good. 
and we had it so together. So now when they make a mistake, obviously I don't fit. Therefore, I must go somewhere that I do fit. Where do I fit where I made the mistake? So they go join themselves to that community. If you ever notice one thing, when you go out of town or someone relocate to a community across country, they might not know nothing about nobody. But when they get to that community, you know what they do? They go to the class setting. Or they, they always fit. Wherever they, whatever class they fit in, that's the class they, they find themselves selling in. If they feel middle class, they'll go to middle class. If they feel upper, they go upper. But if they feel like they're the cast, the outcast of the universe, they'll go down to the gutter. They'll go to the gutter. The point being, how do we let people think about themselves when they come out of our presence? Do they think they're better or do they think that they're so low that the only place they can go is the place where no one has a home? That's the question. Jesus asking that question. So he rebuked the disciples. So now we don't got the disciples in there. They don't made an error. The ones the ones that we call apostles later that are sent. They're sent. Isn't that what we say we are? We're sent too, aren't we? We're sent. We're sent. So is it possible that Jesus is rebuking us in the midst of this message that we are so comfortable in knowing, but we're so comfortable also at discouraging people? And then he kept on running. I thought that I thought he was going to end this thing, but he kept on going. I'm trying to get over to this other verse here, but we, we got to run. Let me see if it was 951. Okay. And then he went on to verse 19. Then he went on down to the, the rich young ruler. I'm going to pick this up a little bit so I can get the other stuff in. Then he went down to the rich young ruler. He called him good. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? He said, only the father is good. Why? Jesus said, I'm not good, only the father good. The rich young ruler called him good because he was calling him good in a worldly sense. Jesus didn't accept that. He said, only one good is the father. Why is the father only good? Because I have power because of the father. Don't give it to me by myself. Because if you do, then James is going down the road going to say, I'm good too. Outside of Jesus. He's sending the message. So the rich young ruler wanted entry because of what he saw Jesus be like himself. Jesus said, no, you don't get entry for what you think I am. You get entry from what the Father has made me. That's the call. So he rebuked the rich young ruler. And then we move on and we, we came down and we there go our verse there. Those who have heard these ask, who then can be saved? Who can be saved? Now let's see, can we answer this question? Let's see, can we answer this question? Now let's move down. Look at verse, let's drop down to verse 31. 31. It says, Jesus took the twelve. No, that's not what I want. Let's go down. Let's go to verse 35. Now, we don't ask the question. We don't rebuke five, four, five different folk. We got all them. Brother man from the fifth floor, like the pastor said the other day. We we don't rebuke all those folk. Now, let's see what we're going to do here. Then it says in in verse 35, and Jesus approached Jericho. Now, we know Jericho was a bustling city. It was the retirement place of a lot of the priests. It was the place that happenings was taking place. So now he's heading to the priest's house. He's heading to the place where they live. He's moving towards the priest. And he said, I'm going to show the priest, I'm going to show the disciples, and I'm going to show this thong who can be saved and how salvation looks. Look at this thing. He says, uh, and Jesus approached Jericho and, and a blind was sitting by the roadside. He was begging. He's talking to beggars now. What he say, what he, uh, when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. He couldn't see with his physical eyes, but he can hear with his ears. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. As soon as they told him Jesus passed by, look what he said. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then he said, those who led the the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. See the rebukers? See the rebukers? But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. (laughs) Jesus, stop. Can you imagine that pause? 
Can you yeah. imagine that part? You know, when someone going and you, you're going about your way and you do one of them hearts, stops, and you set your eyes on that thing that you want, that thing that in this case, like that, like that, like that uh, uh, seat button, they had a transponder, had responded to his name, and he set his eyes on him. And when he set his eyes on him, he went over there and said some things to him. Look what he said. Look what, it's interesting the way Jesus did this one. He said, he said uh, Jesus answered and ordered the man to be brought to him. He ordered the man to be brought to him. He didn't go to him. He told him to come to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. He replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. <laughs> receive your sight. Why, why are you getting your sight? Your faith made you, healed you. Jesus said, in other words, my mission was to go to Jericho, but I had to stop to deal with you. Had Jesus stopped to help you because your faith is in such a place Jesus couldn't pass you by? That's what we're talking about here. Jesus saying, this guy's faith was at such a place, I couldn't go by this guy, I had to go to this guy. In fact, I ain't even coming to him. I'm going to make him go through the hard work and go from where he at to where I am, and then I'm going to heal him. And how am I going to heal him? Your faith. The faith you have. Jesus added his word to his faith. And didn't say a word. Your greatest healings come in life when really nobody says anything. Have you noticed that? The greatest things that you have, you you know, sometimes I'm amazed at things I don't know. And I'm amazed more so by the things I do know. And I'm saying, how do I know that? How do I know that? And I'm suggesting that God is saying that as I work in my people, I put in them what they need so they can come to me. I put them what they need so they can come to me. So let's work hard at work putting in us what we need. And what do we need? We need faith in God. Faith in God. This ain't all that deep. We ain't going deep here. And then he said, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Okay, let's get ready to end this thing. We've got a few verses here and we're going to end it. Verse 9, chapter 19. And I ain't answered that question yet. We're going to answer that question. And now listen to this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing Mercy. through. He in that same city, y'all. Same city. Same city. That's right. The first time he dealt with a guy that was crying out. Now let's see what type of guy he's dealing with here because we're trying to find out what the loss look like and what it take in order to get there. It said Jesus was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. My Lord. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Did y'all hear what he was? He was a wealthy uh, chief. chief tax collector. Now I don't even want to talk about the fact of what a tax collector is. Y'all know what that is. But did y'all notice what it said in chapter 18? Did y'all catch that? Yeah. Chapter 18, they were, they, he pitted a, a Pharisee a tax collector. Yeah. Now, Jesus is giving them an illustration of the very story they told them. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Have you noticed in your life yet that God sends you to people that are just like you? <laughs> send you to the people just like you. You're looking for pe- deep, deep yeah. people. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to give you the thing that you don't even want. I'm going to give you yourself. Uh-huh. Utilize yourself on somebody else. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you yourself. I'm going to give you yourself. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. When you, when you talk about attraction, the law of attraction, the law of attraction suggests one thing. You see what you are. Amen. Your eye of what you see is what you, are. what you are. And what you are is what you see. Too often, we make a addendum there. We say we see what we want to be, mm. not what we are. And so why is it that it's hard for some people to get from lostness to savedness? Because we don't never see ourselves. We only see the thing that we want to be. So what we present to God is what we want God to have and not really who we are. God said, I don't take that stuff, Pharisee. 
I take who you are and not what you say. So we see here he's a Pharisee, he's a publican. Not only is he a publican and he's a chief, I'm not going to go there. Pastor did a good job when he did that, talking about the, the way they, 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 they took money. And it's interesting enough, I, I thought that he wanted me to talk about the fact that, you know, they said that Jesus is a friend of publicans and sinners. I thought he wanted me to talk about the, the fact that witness protection, because those was the protected group, the, public, I mean, the, the, the publicans and the tax collectors. Why? Sinners and tax collectors. Why? Because that was the group Jesus always spent the most of his time. If you, they tell you you want to know what you, what, what's important to you, look at your checkbook. If you want to know what's important to God, see where he spent his time. Jesus spent his time around sinners and, and, and tax collectors. Two people that's at two extremes. Of, am I on sale? Two extremes on the game. The sinner, the sinner being the one that's cast out because he don't have. The public is cast out because he got more than you. And I said to myself, God, is that what we're doing? We're casting people out and we're not even giving them a chance because they got more than us. And because they have more than us, I got to find reasons why salvation can't come to their door. Because they have more than I have. Moving on. He went on to say, now there's a couple of things here that's interesting about Zacchaeus. This way that God says you have salvation. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus was the chief collector, and of course we read that, verse 3. He wanted us to see who Jesus was. Mm. Notice that. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. He didn't say he wanted to meet him. He just wanted to see him. He didn't want to meet you, you know, You know, he just wanted to see him. He didn't want to meet He just wanted to see him. Have, have, have you caught that yet, that oftentimes people that come to church really don't want to see Jesus. They're just interested in what the church have to offer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Been there. I've been there. I, I, like the, I like the community aspect. I like the fact that we can all come here and be on one accord and we can share and we can do different things. This man was just like that. He wanted to see him, but he didn't necessarily want to get close to him. He didn't really necessarily want to go to, based on scripture. Now, you might got something else, but based on scripture, that's what it's saying. But then it went on to say something different. Then look at what it said. And then it said that he wanted to see him, and because of his short, because he was short, Sean, because he was short, because short, no, 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 Sean, Sean, I know what I'm talking about. Because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Notice this thing. When it said, why did the Bible have to tell me he was short? I was thinking, why, why you tell me he was short? He could have been tall. You don't tell people being tall, why you tell me he's short? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, what, what, what? And, and then it dawned on me. In America, we have special uh, employment rules set aside for and protect a certain group. Yeah. And that group that we protect is the one that won't get a job because of their limitations that they're born with. Sex, creed, color, religion. These things, they say, you know, we don't want you because of that thing. So they protect them. The gov- government say, we protect that group. And when you talk about Zacchaeus, he had limitations, but God says his limitations didn't stop him from coming. That's what I'm talking. That's where I'm going. And and so when I think about James sitting up there with his limitations, it didn't stop me from coming. And God said, if you keep coming, your limitation will become your strength. Your strength will be the very thing that you one time was limited. The very thought that what you thought you couldn't accomplish it's possible now. And if you remember, well, I didn't read it because I, I'm trying to get through this thing. In the last chapter, it talked about what's impossible with man is possible with God. Yes. The thing that's impossible with man, he can't change who he is. Yes. The thing that's possible with God, he can regenerate in a man things to make him like him because he's reflected in what God has given him. Mm. 
what God has given them. So as we press on here, let's get see, can we get this thing uh, nailed down, what he's trying to tell me here. And we're still talking about family. I know what we're talking about. I'm going there right now. He wanted to see uh, who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. He couldn't see over the crowd, y'all. So he tried to see it, but he didn't have the ability to see it. I better keep going because I got to get there. And then verse 4 said, so he ran ahead and climbed in a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. <laughs> he ran ahead. So in other words, he was not dampered by the obstacle yeah. of not seeing Jesus. Yeah. He relocated yeah. himself so he yes. could see the thing he very much wanted. Yes. He relocated. I said to myself, well, what a minute, God, why, why would you tell me he ran ahead? If he ran ahead, then very well you could have missed him. But this man ran ahead and he waited for him to come his way. Now, this is the way I envisioned this. I was thinking about this thing. And I said, wait a minute. This guy ran ahead. And when he ran ahead, he climbed the sycamore tree. They say trick sycamore trees went 40 to 50 feet high. And they said the way the branches was, they'll go up and they'll spread out. And they had like heart-like uh, uh, branches that came out. And it said it came out wide and it dropped. They, they don't have none low, so it went high and it dropped. And I said, wait a minute, God, you just told me he was short. And you tell me he climbed in the tree. And you told me that he also was a chief publican. So we know that publicans made money by collecting from people. And a good, a good, a good publican or a tax collector, if I see this guy coming, I got to be ready so I can shake him down. Because that's how I get rich. So I imagine Zacchaeus filled with money. He got money all over the place. And he see Jesus and, and you know, he want to go see him real quick and get on his way and keep his money. But all of a sudden now he got to run ahead. I see him running. Mark Jones running with his, money, his pocket all full with money, trying to get trying to get get to see Jesus. And then when he get to the tree, he can't even reach the branch. So he's struggling with his little bitty hands and, and trying to get in the tree and all this money weighing him down. You guys seen them, those people that rob banks? They got all that money. They running. Remember the old school cartoons with the with the money on? He's running. He's trying to get in the tree, but because of his money, he can't get up there with his money. But he wanted to see Jesus so bad. I see that guy, heart torn. Spirit of prophecy said that this guy's heart has started already repenting before he did this. So he had that money. I see him taking his money out of his pocket, realizing that he couldn't do it. And I can see him even tipping somebody. You help me get up in the street, yeah. man. I'm a short cat, man. So he's trying to get up there, all that yeah. money, and he, he climbing it. And when he get up in that tree, I see him laying out. And because the trees are fat and flat, fat like a heart and spread out, this guy had perfect camouflage for when Jesus came oh. back. Jesus couldn't see him, but he could see Jesus. Remember our first parents when they made those that that unthinkable thought? They came inside the tree and they put it around themselves. So what he did was he did a temporary band-aid of his 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 hurt, his pain, until he could see the master come by. Now he was comfortable with the band-aid of the camouflage. He was comfortable with the camouflage hmm, of the leaves. He was getting comfortable being like a Pharisee and seeing. But let's see if Jesus let him stay there. He was comfortable. Let's see if Jesus let him stay there. Hey, well, let me see. James, was you comfortable with your camouflage? Yeah, I was comfortable. I was comfortable. Comfortable in my camouflage. And the, and the purpose of a camouflage is to fit in but not be a part. 
I wonder sometimes, people, I, you know, I'm just a realistic guy. I ain't real smart. But I'm smart enough to know that I hear people say, God is still working on me on that thing. Camouflage. Camouflage. Yes. Camouflage. Because if you could say he's still working, then that means you have the ability to understand that he's able to work it through. Amen. I'm not saying everybody should be perfect because I'm, I can care less about perfect. But what should be right is my spirit towards people. Yes. That's, what, that's what I'm yes. talking about. That's the part that he's talking about. Amen. He had a right attitude yes. that he had to go ahead. He had the right attitude. He had to get rid of some stuff so he can get to his camouflage. At least he had the right attitude. Yes. Now, we're going to see if Jesus keep him in this, in, this, in this state, but he had the right attitude. And he, now he's in this tree. And then look what it's going on to say. And then it says, uh, he wanted to see Jesus, and then it says in verse 4, and he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree, and then verse 5 says, and when Jesus reached the spot. Ah, yes. Hmm, the spot. The yes. spot. Yes. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. You, you, have, you ever, have, you ever, have you ever noticed that when Jesus talk about the lambs and if one get away and he run in the opposite direction, he'll leave 99 to go get the one. Yes, that's what it says. Mm-hmm. That's right. Have you ever noticed that the shepherd always talk about he's going to get his sheep? He don't know where the sheep at, but he listens for the sheep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. In my mind, I, I was thinking about this thing. I said, God, what is you trying to tell me? As Zacchaeus ran, Zacchaeus didn't notice that the greatest cry Zacchaeus had was not the fact that he got in the tree. The greatest cry Zacchaeus had was his heart was beeping and making noises, telling the shepherd, yes. this is where I am. Yes. This is where I am. And what, Z- what Zacchaeus didn't see as he was running and he was going, I, I, can, I can imagine, come here, give me a hand here, yo. Just walk that way. Jesus was going this way. Zacchaeus went that way. The crowd was beginning to go this way. And he didn't even realize it. The crowd was following Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was leading the crowd, not the crowd. No, I'm sorry. Zacchaeus was leading the crowd without him knowing, unperceptibly. Zacchaeus was leading the crowd unperceptibly because his cry was causing the attention of getting the attention of Jesus. And thus the people was following Christ. So the very thing he couldn't fit around, the very thing came to him. That's what I'm trying to say. So I'm trying to say basically that as as that brother was moving and started doing his thing and it was coming when he got in that tree. And he was moving. Jesus already knew where he was, so he was walking. I imagine, and, and now you're in the tree. Stop there, you tree hanger. <laughs> and so as he stopped, stay right there for a second. I'm sorry. And as he's walking, and he get right there by the spot, he stopped and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Today I must go to your house. But I thought about that spot. When he saw that spot, he told Zacchaeus to come down. Come out of your camouflage and come down. Come out your tree house and come down. I got a translation for you. No more tree house, but God house. I got a translation for you. No more standing on what you think is right. Now you're going to stand on what I show you is right. And then I said, God, if you got the power to call somebody down, you got the power to call somebody up. I said, wait a minute, God. Is is that what you're trying to tell us when you talk about the resurrection? The reason I can call Zacchaeus down is the same reason why I can call your family up. So I'm thinking about the saints that has passed in this house of God. Sister Mac, for instance, she brought my mother into the church, into Glenville Church years ago. And we didn't stay long, but she brought us here. And when she brought us here, I can see God saying, going to the spot where she is, saying, Sister Mac, come forward. I can see her come to your people. Yes. Such and such, Sister Leggett, come forward. Yes, yes. And then the one that meant so much to me here is Sister uh, uh, um, Long, when she worked with me, when I couldn't work with myself, when she loved me, when I couldn't love myself, yes. and she prepared me for what? To be better than what I was. Yes. 
because he came to the spot of my camouflage. Now, Jesus went to the spot of these people and called them out and he called them up. He's setting it up for something real simple. How do you get the lost? First, you got to know the spot. How do you call? How do you get the seekers? How do you seek somebody? First, you got to have the transpondent. You got to have the the frequency attached to God love to hear people when they call. So when he came, thank you. When when he did this thing, this 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 was pretty apparent to me that God was moving in this thing, and he and he's challenging people to do what they never thought they can do. And the people that he couldn't get in because of the press, now he's beginning to to move those people. And the one that he was trying to get around is trying to get close to him. Because yeah. he's the center of attention now, y'all. And then look, look how Jesus finished this up. This is, this is good stuff. So he ran ahead and climbed to him. What verse am I in? Y'all help me out. Uh, okay, there you go. Verse nine, first five, six, five. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. He told him to come down. He's going to stay at his house. Come down. I'm going to stay at your house. He wanted to see Jesus. Jesus wanted to mingle with him. And I thought to myself, if Jesus told us today he wanted to stay at our house, how many people would run home and clean their house up? How many people go make everything right? How many things go fixate things to make it so right that Jesus won't see our true condition? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came to this man and told him, I want to stay at your house today. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, today, if you hear my voice, yeah. harden not your heart. Yes, yes. Today, today, the first thing about a lost person and seeking God is always about today. It's all about this moment. It's all about this time and this space that God has carved out for you and him to have an interaction. But the very thing that today brings is the very thing we run from and need sacrifice. We need sacrifice. We need sacrifice. And this guy is saying, I'm coming to you, Jesus. But you know what? Today, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to expose you in front of all these priests, all your subordinates. Everybody you have, I'm going to put you right there on Front Street. Mercy. Today, I'm coming to your house. Mercy. You expected to see me, but you expected to dwell with me. I'm coming to your house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Today, when we talk about 44 family, we want Jesus to come to our house. Yes. Yeah, and the way he come to our house is that if he get in you, he'll get to your house. Yes. And I thought about also Zacchaeus, if he was part of the protected class because he was a public and he was a tax collector and plus he was a sinner. But he also was a part of a, he also knew that his family might not have had the same opportunity as him. So I can imagine Zacchaeus was up there praying, Lord, even if you accept me, I need you to accept my cousin. I need you to accept my daughter. I need you to accept my wife. I need you to accept my daughter. I need you to accept my whole family. So when he up there, he's no longer praying for himself in his camouflage. He's praying for others because he understood understood that the very value of what it takes to be a Christian or to follow God, it takes everything. And what is everything? The mindset you have right now. Sometimes we never follow God because we say everything. We think everything. We got to go get some stuff. Everything is what you got right now. Just as I am, Jack Moore said, without one plea that your blood was shed for me. So as we press on, look at this last piece and we're going to shut this thing down. Look what he says here. So he came down. So he came down at once and welcomed him. Gladly. Wow. Yes. Once and gladly. He responded to the call 
and he had an attitude of gladness. His heart was woke up, y'all. His heart and his face expressed a, a certain exuberance that says that God now has lived in his life. And then it went on to say this. In verse 7, all the people saw this and began to mutter. <laughs> the people start muttering. <laughs> the people, you, you know what muttering, you, you know, and they can't even get it out. The words couldn't even come. You heard people say that about you, haven't you? Mm. And we get so caught up and sensitive to people. But Zacchaeus didn't care about what people said. Look what Zacchaeus did. He mutters and has go- and then he said he said he began to mutter. He has gone and and the great guest of a sinner. He's becoming a guest of a sinner. Now they offended at, at first what Jesus did for him, and now they offended that he going to his house. So where did they want him to go? To their house? Hey, man. I mean, where do you want him to go? I mean, you've been walking all day. What do you want him to do? And I come to learn the reason why we don't want people to come to Jesus is because we want them to come to my house and not your house. We're sort of selfish the way we want Jesus to be handled. We want Jesus to be handled as an object and not the object of the affection. We want to try to control the very source of all energy opposed to allow him to control you. That's, that's what's going on here. And then look what Zacchaeus said. But Zacchaeus, he ain't going to be disturbed. Look what Zacchaeus said. It said that's what happened, but they put a butt there. Y'all know he, they, want, they want the whole focus to be on Zacchaeus. Look what it said. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord. Notice, he stood up and said to who? The, the Lord. Lord. He said, Lord, look, Lord. <laughs> He's telling God to look. Lord, look, Lord. Just in case you didn't get that. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And I have cheated anybody out of anything. I would pay back four times the amount. Did you guys get what he just said? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I really started trying to tabulate this math. I don't know how much money he had. Let's just assume he had a million dollars. He said, you know what? I'll get $500 million. I'll, be, I'll get 500000 to the poor. So that give me 500000 Out of that 500000 if I cheated anybody, that's all they did was cheat it. <laughs> I'd give them four times what it was worth. So in other words, he said, God, I'll become broke for your cause. I'll become broke. Didn't we just hear about the rich young ruler that we're not willing to give? This guy gave. So on the way to finding the lost and bringing salvation to people, first thing you're going to know, you're going to lose something. Mm. You're going to lose something. You're going to lose something. You're going to lose something. This guy was willing to lose it, and God didn't even ask him to give it. Did you get this? This guy, he heard what people were saying, and it seemed like that would affect this guy. But he didn't even say, Zacchaeus said, you know what? I'll give to the poor. I'll give everything. Because he heard about the Savior that was healing people and requiring some of them, and he made his mind up before he even got to the Savior that he was going to give to his cause. And, and then what Jesus said, though, what's interesting, what Jesus said, he didn't say nothing about give. What Jesus asked him to give is a meal to the people. Because he had the finances. But he said, I want to give you everything. And then look how Jesus responded to that. He said, Jesus said to him, today's salvation has come to, to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. He gave everything. And when he gave it all, guess what he said? Salvation didn't just come to him. It came to his house. Yes. Forty foot family is about a house being saved because one person gave everything. Salvation coming because a person responded to the everything that God gave them. In return, they gave everything. So my challenge to you today is this. It's not even no hard challenge. If you have seen in your own personal life, you've seen it. Not I've seen it. You've seen it. You've seen the fact that God was relentless in his pursuit of you. 
and that he was not willing to allow you to stay in a Pharisee state. He's not willing to allow you to stay in a far distant state. But he's willing that you will come to him and come into such a relationship that you come out of your camouflage and come into his presence. To come out the tree house and to come into God house. So the question is, today, are you willing to do it? I mean, it's a simple thing. Abraham Lincoln was uh, sitting at one of the church chapels one day uh, when he used to, when the, the time when they used to ride carriages, of course, he lived in that time frame. And he used to always come through the back door because he didn't want to disrupt service and he'll keep the door open. And when he left the door open, he would listen to the minister and the sound and all the different pomp that came on. And he would enjoy service back there. And at the end, he'll get back on his carriage to ride home. And one of his trusted servants was to always go with him. And one day he, the servant asked him, what did you think about that service? I said, it was a good message. He said, man, it had to be a great message. He said, why was it just good? He said, because he didn't ask the people to do something great. Until you ask the people to do something great, you don't give them an opportunity to exercise their faith. So I would be less than a man that stands up here and realizes that I need God more than anybody. If I don't suggest to you, the doors is open. And the truth is they never close because God has been seeking us. And if any lost sheep desires to give their heart back to God, to give their soul to God, to respond to the call that God has been given to them way before this message, because Zacchaeus had made some decisions before he got to Christ that he was going to see his Lord. If anybody have heard the call, and have made up in their mind that they want to come to the Savior and go all the way and for God to say to their house, today salvation have arrived. Right now, salvation is at your door. Salvation is aligned with your thought pattern. And and then you would ask, you would ask Zachary, Zachary, what does salvation look like? I don't know. And they'll tell you, you know what salvation look like, Zacchaeus? Your mindset. Your mindset.